0: This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Let's pray. Father, we come before you tonight in the name of Jesus, and I thank you, Lord, for giving us these love letters from you to us. Thank you, Father, for sharing exactly who you are to us in your Word. If I think about those in the Old Testament, Father, even as we went into the New Testament, they didn't have what we have today to know who you are. So we thank you for that. I thank you as we share on on loving your Word tonight that, that Father, you are going to move in this place and cause a desire to be sparked in our hearts for your Word, so that we can also say that we love your Word, like David declared that he loved your Word, and Ezra, and so many who treasured your Word to the death, Father. So I thank you for this. Thank you, Spirit of God, for changing hearts tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. So yes, the title of our first installment tonight is the Holy Bible, Love It, Learn It, Live it. The Holy Bible, love it, learn it, live it. And the only way that we're gonna be able to love the word is by God causing that to happen inside of us. And the only way that's gonna happen is when we get to hear the word. You know, at the moment in the world, there's a trend that is becoming very prevalent, which is... uh, called deconstructing. I don't know how many of you have heard of that term. How many, perhaps those that are on uh, social media a lot. Deconstructing is where they're trying to take the word apart and, and even trying to select what is it in this word that we want to believe or or that really gels with the way that we want to live in this life. And what in this word is is going against that? And how can we use that which we want to enjoy? And how can we uh, find ways to say that, no, that's not what the Bible really means as far as the way that we want to live is concerned. And so people who have grown up in good foundations, even Christians, are turning to this deconstruction and trying to justify through the word why it is that they live the way that they live or or want to experience life here in the earth the way that they want to. Not only that, but there's something else called progressive Christianity. How many of you have heard of that? Progressive Christianity in essence is saying that, you know what, there isn't just one way to God. Jesus isn't the only way to God. There are multiple ways. We need to be inclusive of, of, you know, the various ways and faiths that people have and so on. And and they really are, um, you know, making a mock of the word of God to say or even suggest that there are multiple ways to God. We know that there is only one way to God. Is that not right? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. That settles it. There is no other, there's no alternative and so these kind of things that are taking place today are obviously spreading very quickly because the means are there and the voices are there and, and social media has given people voices that you know, we ordinarily have never heard before. And so this message series, I believe, has come just at the right time and it's necessary for us as the church to be reminded Even though we are Christians, it's so important that we are reminded just how valuable the Word of God is. Just how much this Word means to God and how much it should mean to us. We need to understand that it's not just the Bible. It's the Holy Bible. Can you say that with me? Say the Holy Bible. The Holy Bible. Bible. I mean, the word Bible, if you didn't know, simply means the word book. It comes from the Greek word biblios. And it means book, which is really what it is, right? It is a book. It's not a fictional book. It's not a a chronological order of Scripture. But it is a book nonetheless, and uh, you can go and study that out where the word Biblios actually originates from. It comes from a town actually back in the biblical days, uh, which means uh, a book and paper. And and so go check that out for yourself. So we know the word Bible means book, but this is the Holy Bible. And so if we look at the word holy, we see that the Greek word there is the word Haggius or Haggius or whichever way you want to pronounce it but it means set apart. We say that it is ordained, it is inerrant, it is infallible, it's true, it's anointed, it's God's love letter, it's his love story to you and I. And our attitude towards the word of God is important, not just to God, but to our own lives and to the success of our own lives and the enjoyment of our lives as Christians here on the earth. You know, there's something else about the physical Bible, holding an actual Bible in your hand. There just is. A, and, and you know, experts have told us that if you are, for example, if we play board games, I don't know how many of you like to play board games, but let's take chess as an example. If we are playing chess and we're playing it with an actual board game, in other words, the chess pieces, the thing is in front of you, it's so much better for your brain to play that way than what it is to play on an electronic platform. It just is beneficial, more beneficial to you. And if we're reading, they tell us that when we're reading an actual book, irrespective of what it is, it's so much better for our brain to feel and touch the thing that we are reading than what it is to to read a, a digital book for that matter. Now, that's not saying that there's no place for digital platforms. No, of course, we we enjoy the digital platforms. And and even us here at Christian Family Church, we have some digital platforms in which we use to get information to you and and make things available to you. So there is a place for them. Let's be honest. There are so many, I imagine millions of people in this world that would never have known about the Word of God if it wasn't for digital platforms. But I want to encourage you, as we have been doing in the last year, I would say, here at, at church, is encourage you to come to church with your actual Bible. I believe that that would be a way of, of, of demonstrating that we really value the Word. I think so. Um, You know, the fact that you're wondering, where's my Bible? Is it with me? And not just, okay, no, it's okay. It's it's on my phone. I don't know. That's just me thinking out loud. And I myself am guilty of of, uh, just rather relying on my phone and not, uh, you know, being concerned that I might leave my Bible somewhere. But it is important for us to, to operate and work with an actual Bible. It just becomes so much more personal to us. Let me ask you this question, shifting gears here for a moment. How many of you would like to have great faith? how many of you would like to have great faith or potent faith my hands are up i would like to have great faith i need great faith so look at what the bible says in romans chapter 10 verse 17 it says so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god now many of us have heard that scripture but it's so good to hear it again the only way we're going to have faith is when it comes by the word Of God, And so the goal tonight in this message and this series for that matter is to get us to love the Word of God, to desire it. To have an appetite for the Word of God, to love it the way that David loved it, to love it the way that Ezra did. In fact, David said in Psalm chapter 1 verses 2, he said, delight. That's talking about, he's saying, take pleasure in the Word of God. The Word of God should not be a duty to us. It should be a delight to us. As David said, delight in the word of God. When I was 16 years old, I I flew to America with two of my uh, to America, excuse me, to Europe with two of my friends. And we went and toured a couple of countries um, out there. And um, on the same flight as me was Apostle Theo. This is about 31 years ago. And it was so cool to me that we were on the same flight because I'd never really met him and interacted. He was a real celebrity in my world. And uh, I really looked up to him, still do. And I remember that on the plane, he was actually sitting a few rows behind me. And every now and then I would just look over my shoulder just to see, you know, what is he doing? And whenever I looked over my shoulder, when I could see him, if the curtains weren't drawn, he was reading his Bible. And I mean, that I mean so long ago. And yet that, that moment just stands out to me. Every time I'd look back, I'd think, wow, that is Amazing. And then when I turned back to the front and realized I was watching a movie, I had to deal with that issue as well and, and just get some you know, help from, from that. But the point was that I really saw how much he valued the Word and loved the Word. And I wanna love the Word that way. How about you? Now I love my Bible and and I don't know where everything is in the Bible, but I know where just about everything is in this Bible. Not by chapter or verse, but I know just by memory and highlights and notes and triangles and squares and stars and underlines and all sorts of things. It's very personal to me. So your Bible needs to be personal to you. If we look at what the Psalmist said in Psalm 119, which by the way, if you weren't aware, is the longest chapter in the Bible. Psalm 119, there are 176 verses in the Psalm. And from verse one through to verse 176, every single one of them talks about the Bible. So think about that. The longest chapter in the Bible is about the Bible. That tells me that the Bible is valuable to God. It's a priority to God and it should be for us and we should appreciate and accept it and love the word of God. Just like the psalmist said in Psalm 119 verse 97, he says this, oh, how I love your law. I meditate, I meditate on it all day long. That word meditate, we can be proud. It has South African roots. I don't know if you're aware of that. Actually, it's Afrikaans roots. Meditate means to ponder on and to think about over a period of time. Meditate. Did call meditate. So it has South African roots. I mean, are you proud of that or what? But he talks about, he meditates on it all day long on your commands. They're always with me. says, I don't go anywhere without your word. That's what he's saying. And they make me wiser than my enemies. Think about that. It's doing something of benefit to him. They make me wiser than my enemies. The Bible is a benefit to you. The word will benefit you. You know that Jesus is the word. How many of you have heard that and know that? Jesus is the Word. They're one and the same. He's the Word and and, uh, the Word is Jesus. In fact, the Bible says in John 1:1, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. So they're one and the same. The interesting thing is the Word has been around since the beginning. And then in verse 14 of the same chapter, Jesus says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. What's important for us is just to make the connection. Jesus is the word and the word is Jesus. Every principle in this word, Jesus is that. Every promise in the Bible, Jesus is that. Every uh, statement of truth in the Bible, Jesus is that. And then Jesus says this in John sixteen twenty three. He says, these things have I spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. So he's saying, look, hard times are going to come in the world. We can't run from that. But be of good cheer. He's saying, have courage. Why? For I have overcome the world. So what Jesus is saying here in essence is this. He's saying that in the word of God, there is peace. He said, in me, there's peace. This is him. He is this. He's saying in the word, there is peace. Say that. In the word, I will find peace. The second thing he's saying is when he said that, be of good cheer, I have courage, I have overcome the world. What Jesus is saying is that his word has overcome the world. So what does that mean, Paul? Well, if sickness comes, 1 Peter 2.24 has overcome that. For by His stripes we were healed. If fear comes, 2 Timothy 1.7 has overcome that because God has not given us a spirit of fear. If weakness comes, Ephesians 6.10 has overcome that because I am strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. That's what Jesus is saying. We should take comfort in that. If uh, one of my favorite scriptures, when uh, uh, hopelessness comes, how many of you have been in a hopeless situation before? When hopelessness comes, the Bible says in Psalm 112 verses four, particularly in my version, it says, when darkness overtakes the godly, listen, light will come bursting in. So God's saying, if you are in what you deem to be a hopeless situation, he's saying light will come bursting in, there will be deliverance. And this is the life that is in his word. So there, um, there are three things that, I wanna, well, let me say this. Let me talk about Joshua just for a moment. In Joshua chapter one, verses one to seven, just talking again about the value of the word and how important the word is to us. In those first seven verses of Joshua chapter one, God is telling Joshua that he is going to take the mantle from Moses. He's gonna be the one that leads the Israelites into the land of Canaan. And God says to Joshua that he tells him, listen, uh, uh, people are gonna come against you but they will not be able to stand their ground. He didn't say that no one was gonna try, but they weren't gonna succeed, he tells Joshua. And then he tells Joshua something else. He says to him that he will lead God's people into the promised land. But in verse eight, after he's told him this, in verse eight, God says to Joshua that he must look to the word. He must meditate on it. He must abide by it. And then God says this, only then will you succeed. So after telling Joshua that he's gonna do this, he's gonna lead the people, they're gonna go into the promised land, no one is gonna be able to stand their ground against them and, uh, and he's the man. He's saying, you're only gonna be able to do these things by my word. That's when you'll have success. So that's why it's so important that we treasure this word, that we value this Word, that our attitude towards the Word is that this is the only way that I'm going to make it in this world, that I'm going to live out the life that God has planned for me. So let me tell you about three things that I want to just quickly highlight to you tonight in this message concerning the Word of God as I kick off the series and how important it is for us to love the Word of God. And perhaps there is a, 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 a love that needs to be rekindled in your hearts tonight, Perhaps as I'm talking, you're recognizing that you have somehow drifted away from the Word of God through maybe an experience that you had or it's just the way that it's gone. You're just finding yourself on YouTube more than you used to be and and, and the Word is almost taking second place. But God's gonna change that tonight. So the first thing is this, we need to love the Word. So let me help you get a, a hold of what I mean when I say we need to love the Word. Think of someone that you love so much that you would defend them. You would fight for them. Like when they mess with that person, you're gonna take it personally. Think of that person. That's what we mean when we say you must love the word. I mean, what about your children? I've had to breathe into brown paper bags when things have been said about my children, or my mother for that matter. And so the word, as I, as I shared with you earlier on tonight, has been ripped apart, it's been ridiculed, it's been maligned. And we should not stand back and just accept that, but we should be grabbing brown paper bags and breathing into them because it affects us so much when people are talking like they are about the Word of God. That's what we mean. Look at, and you might say, but why should I love the Word? Because it's the Word of God. Let that sink in just for a moment. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all Scripture is God-breathed. People didn't write the, the Bible. Yes, they may have held the pen, but there's only one author to the Bible. And it says, and is useful. In other words, the Scripture, it helps us for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God, listen, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. What that is saying is that the Word of God will help you in your marriage. It will help you in your thinking. Your mind will be affected by the Word of God. Your family, your children, your money matters. Decisions that you make, every part of our lives are affected by the Word of God. It's not just a book. It's a person. Take a moment just to think about your attitude towards the Word of God. How has that been? How have you been seeing the Word of God? Even when you read it, how have you been seeing it? Paul praised the church of Thessalonica by saying this in First Thessalonians chapter two. He says, we also thank God continually when you received the word of God, which you heard from us. That word received is very interesting. It's the Greek word dekamai. And it means this, just think about the way that he's praising him, right? Dekamai means this, welcoming a guest into your house that you've been preparing for. Think about that guest that you've been preparing for. You're vacuuming, you're polishing the furniture, you're chucking stuff in cupboards and just let's just make sure that it looks nice and and it's tidy for them. You're expectant. You go to those sort of lengths. And this is what he was saying. This is how they treated the word of God. He says, he goes on to say, the word of God which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as the word of men, but actually as it is. What? The word of God which is at work in you who believe. He praised them for their wonderful attitude that they had about the word of God, and they loved it. We need to see this as God's love letter to us. It's not just normal words that are on these pages, but these words contain power. They can change your life. Secondly, we need to learn the word of God. Well, what do you mean learn it? How how do I learn it? Firstly, I'll give you a couple of tips. Number one, you need to listen to the word of God. It says in Matthew 7, 24, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. So we're talking about learning the word of God. And we can do that by listening to his word. Listen, family, storms come to everybody but they have different effects on people based on the word that they've been listening to. We all face storms, but how are they having an effect on you? Secondly, talking about learning the word of God, how can I learn the word? I can read God's word. Matthew 4, :4 says, Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. We need to set aside time to read the Bible. Be deliberate with that. Don't worry about how much time you're setting aside. Just make a point of setting some time aside to read the word. If you have to put a reminder on your phone to read the word, do that. I think people have to do that that you might never expect would have to do that. And have a Bible reading plan. We have a great Bible reading plan on our CFC app. How many of you make use of our CFC app? On there, there's a read through the Bible and a year plan. And it gives you a nice healthy balanced diet of Old Testament and New Testament and uh, some of the poetic Psalms and and, uh, the Song of Solomons and, and Proverbs. So you get a good healthy dose. Go to our CFC app. And here's what I want to say about reading through the Bible in a year. Don't get all condemnation-y about yourself. And uh, if you skip a few days, we all miss a few days. Then we think, oh, yesterday I missed three days. That's what, eight chapters, and that's that's like two hours reading. And and then it becomes a burden for us, and it's not a pleasure. It's not a delight. I want to set you free tonight from, from skipping a few days. Just keep going with the next day that you start. Carry on from there. You'll catch the ones you missed in another year. But the point is, don't get so hard on yourself with regards to that. Now, if you're a first year Bible college student, you didn't hear what I just said. You have to, that's your assignment, okay? That's for marks and stuff. But the point is, have a Bible reading plan, some sort of a starting point for you to get to know the word of God and spend time in the word of God. And don't just read the Bible, let it read you. When you read the Bible, do so with, like be aware of what you're reading. Not just, okay, I better quickly, eh, 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 I need to quickly do this chapter. Let the Bible read you, take your time, read slower. Think about the words that you're reading, meditate, okay? And then study the word of God. This is another way that we can learn the word of God. So why do we study the Bible, Paul? So that we can be smart? No, that's what the Pharisees did. And Jesus said to them in John 5, 39, he said, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them, you have eternal life. He's saying, you think by the work of studying the scriptures and boasting about that, that that's what will give you eternal life, you're scoring points. He says, no, he says, these very scriptures, uh, uh, these are the very scriptures that testify about me. He's saying you're looking at the scriptures for the wrong reason. Find Jesus in the word because he is the word. Find him in the word. How can I do that? Well, you can get into groups. We have have Bible study groups here. Get hold of the groups department here at the church. We have Bible study groups. Get together with people. Discuss the word. Share about the word. Make it interesting. Speak to people about things that you've discovered. We have many Bible study groups here at the church. I encourage you to get involved in preparation for Bible college in 2023. For those of you, yeah, yeah, to ask me, so he Esau. Third point live the Word of God. Love the Word learn the word, and live the word of God. What do you mean by that? Well, Ephesians 6 says that this word has now become a tool for us to fight the enemy with. And if you're familiar with the armor of God spoken about in Ephesians chapter six, you'll know that every one of the items or every one of the part of the armor are defensive except for one. There's only one part of the armor that is offensive. And that is the word of God with the others we protect ourselves with the word we attack the enemy we need to live out the word of God use it as our weapon against the enemy I shared with you a few scriptures earlier on where Jesus said he has overcome the world and he's talking about his word and we can use his word to overcome whatever it is that we are facing this is you using your Bible against the enemy justing come heavy. Psalm 119 verses 9 to 11 says this, how can a young person stay on the path of purity? There's only one way that we can stay on the path of purity. Let's not kid ourselves. In fact, I'm talking to some young person in the room right now. You're never gonna live out the life that you know you were intended to live until you live according to the word of God. The psalmist says, by living according to your word, I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. Listen, he says, I have hidden your word in my heart. Treasure, that's what that's talking about. It's it's the only way that that he was gonna make it that I might not sin against you, it's the only way we're gonna live right is by the Word of God. Living by the Word of God. We wanna make a point of living out what the Word says to us. You know, another way that we can fall in love with the Word of God and and be active and allow the Word to be active in our lives is to memorize the Scriptures for our own good, right? And so I wanna, it's an effective way of growing in the word and and not just in our knowledge, but also becoming intimate with the word is to memorize scripture. How many of you have ever thought about memorizing scripture? Maybe you have this thing that you think, oh no, but that sounds very religious. It's good for us to memorize scripture. In fact, I'd like to end this message by doing something a little different. I want us to memorize a verse together. I want to show you how to do that. Are you ready to memorize a verse together? Okay. The verse that we're going to memorize is John eleven thirty five. It's the one that says Jesus wept. No. No, we're not going to memorize that one. Okay. That that one doesn't need memorizing. But let's let's do that. I want the the scripture to come up on the screen. It's um. Where is it? Psalm 119 verses 105, have we got it up there? Yes, okay. So here's what I want you to do. We're gonna read it together and uh, and I'm gonna lead us now and then we're gonna read it together and we're gonna do that twice, okay? Are you ready to do that? All right, let's read together, one, two, three. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Psalm 119 verse 105. We're gonna do that again, okay, Are you ready? One, two, three, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path, Psalm 119, verse 105. Now I'm gonna ask that the scripture's taken away. We're gonna blank it out and you're gonna look at me and now we're gonna recite it together. Are you ready? One, two, three, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path, Psalm 119, verse 105. Well, congratulations. You just memorized a scripture in the Bible. Just read it through twice. We were very aware of what we were reading and then we recited it afterwards. And what a powerful scripture. Your word is a light to my feet and a lamp and to my path. Do you know what that's saying? This is what it's saying. It's saying God guides us through His word. Can you say that? Say God guides me through His word. Now, Apostle Theo says, "Look, we don't need to look to the Word to find out what coloured tie we're gonna wear for the day, right? We understand the practical side of this. But allow God to guide you. And if you're facing a tough situation and you don't know what the answer to that situation is, the Bible says that He will give you the wisdom. Stand on that Scripture to receive the direction that you need. He may not say in the Word, turn left or turn right or say yes to this and no to that. But in the Word, He says, I'll give you the wisdom if you ask me for it. And so we receive that by faith. Are you seeing how the Word guides us? So I encourage you, get into the habit of memorising a Scripture. Can we do that Scripture one more time? One, two, three. Is that right? Is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Psalm 119, verse 105. Wow, you guys are something else. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I'd like to just take a moment. And you know, as I was preparing for this message, I really felt like there's so many people that need to have a love for the Word rekindled in their hearts. Folks, let me tell you, just as I was just embarking on preparing for this this message, it changed, it, it made me realize that my love for the Word of God had slipped. I'd really gotten into the motion of things. When I truly reflected in doing this and, and just getting excited about the Word again, that I, that I can that there's comfort in the Word, there's peace Jesus said in His Word. And I realized that whew, I need to change gears in my own life. And so I wanna, I wanna pray for folks tonight who who are sitting out there and you and you feeling you know what? Just as I've been listening to this message tonight, I've realised that that maybe my my attitude towards the Word has not been what it should have been. Maybe it's it's shifted. Maybe there's been a you know we've there's been a a bit, a bit of a um, what is the like a gap that's been created between you and the Word. So I wanna pray with you tonight because as I was saying, I just sensed in my heart that God wanted to just impact. It's so, I mean, to be a Christian and battle with the Word, battle to read the Word, battle to find time to go through the Word. I mean, something's gotta change, right? Something has to change. So if you're here tonight, maybe something's happened. This is what really was strongly rising up in my heart is that, People have been let down, they believe by the Word. Where something has happened in your life and and the Word said that, you know, you believed that it wasn't gonna happen and it did happen and, and so all of a sudden you're looking at the Word through different lenses. You're looking at them through the lenses of hurt and pain and disappointment. And God says in His Word that we should not cast away our confidence God, wherein is great recompense of reward. Why would God say that if people perhaps have cast their confidence away? So I want to pray with you tonight. If that's you, if you're saying, Paul, you know what? I want to have a love for the Word. I want to have a healthy appetite for the Word of God. I want to love the Word. I want to sit on a plane and read the Word instead of watching a movie. I want you to raise your hand right now. I want to pray with you. Praise God, praise God. My hands are raised, folks. I believe that God is going to impart a desire for His Word into your heart tonight as you're you're honest. In fact, let me ask you to stand. For those of you that are are saying, Paul, I, I I wanna have a desire for the Word. I wanna have a hunger. Come on, stand if that's you tonight. I believe God is gonna move in this place and He's gonna just cause a change to happen. This is what David wrote concerning the word of God. He says, Your words were more precious. They're more precious than gold and they're sweeter than honey. That could be you. In 1 Peter chapter 2, it says that God's word is like food. Sometimes I could go without eating this word for days on end and I wouldn't even feel like I was spiritually starved. But God can change that for us, He can give us a healthy appetite for His word. He can even remind us to read His Word. So, and I pray for those. So let me pray, Father, I lift up every single person that is standing here. And for those perhaps that are at home or in the the other venue, if you find yourself standing where you are, Father, I lift them up before you in the name of Jesus. I lift up us before you, Father. Forgive us number 1 Father for allowing our desire and our love and our hunger for your word to have waned because perhaps there've been problems in our lives that have been taking too much of our attention or there've been problems of other people that have been taking too much of our attention. And I pray Father God that you forgive us and and Lord I ask in the name of Jesus Christ for every person here whose confidence has been stolen through circumstances I pray, Father, right now, number one, that there is forgiveness that comes to their heart in the name of Jesus. And I thank You, Father, that there is a hunger and a desire, a renewed fire in their hearts that comes right now, Spirit of God, move in this place And I thank You for just giving us a hunger and a thirst for Your Word and a a change in attitude and a desire for Your Word and appetite for Your Word. I thank You that that happens right now in the name of Jesus. Just lift your hand, say, thank you, Father, I receive that in Jesus' name, I receive. I love your word, Lord, say that. Just say that in faith if you have to. I love your word, Lord. I love your word, Lord. Your word rescues me. Your word comforts me. Your word gives me peace. Your word delivers me. Your word gives me hope. I thank you for your word. Thank you that I love your word. I want your word. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. Just for a moment, just stay where you are. Just receive that. Father, I thank you. Right now, I just thank you, Father. People can actually sense. They can sense, wow. I'm gonna read God's word. I just wanna be in His Word and I want to be in His presence and I want to run to His Word when I need comfort and direction. That's the first place I want to turn to. I don't want to turn to the news. I don't want to turn to what the predictions are. I want to turn to Your Word. Father, I thank You for Your Word. Kira Baba Rababou kutendenda la rababasinaki Rababou kochenda la rababasi Rababou kutendenda la rababasinaki Rababou kochenda raba ababa babuku rababou rababa babuku tendenda la rababasinaki Rababa shanda la rababasinabu There are prophetic words about your life written in these pages. There are things that God wants you to know in these pages. There are things that He wants you to see. He wants you to remember that which you have depended on in the past. Scriptures that you have relied upon in past times that you have forgotten. God is saying those words are as powerful to you now as what they were then. There are things that I want you to know that are in my words. Don't look for them in magazines. Don't look for them on blogs. They're right there in front of you. You would take the time I will speak to you. I will guide you. I will encourage you. Thank you, Father. There's a scripture in the book of Isaiah that says this. It says that God has not thrown us. He's not thrown you away. Isaiah chapter 49 Isaiah chapter 49. Is it 49? I've not thrown you away. I don't know. People here, I think, feel like they've. Here we go. Excuse me. 41 verses 9. says, I've called you back from the ends of the earth. This is for someone here tonight. I've called you back from the ends of the earth so that you can serve me. For I've chosen you and I will not throw you away. He will not throw you away. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. You don't have to be the one that's grabbing on. He's saying, I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. Praise God. Thank you for your Word. How many of you love the Word of God? Come on. You may take your seats. As you take your seats, I'm gonna ask every head to be bowed and every eye to be closed. Some folks are sitting here tonight and wow, you've been introduced to the Word tonight for the very first time. You're sitting here tonight and You're saying, "Wow, I want to have a I want to I want to have a relationship with the word. I want to know Jesus. I want him to be my Lord. I want to feel about the word like you've been talking about tonight." I'd love to pray with you tonight. If you've never given your life to Jesus, that's the very first step in having a relationship with Jesus and with the word and getting to understand the word and letting it make sense to you. The first step is to give your life to Jesus. So if you're here tonight and you've never given your heart to Jesus, I wanna pray with you. Let me tell you something, when you give your life to the Lord, the Spirit of God comes and this Word starts to make sense to you. So if you're here tonight, you've never given your heart to the Lord, I wanna pray with you. If you're sitting here tonight and you, you know, listen, I need to make right with God. I just know in my heart, I have a conviction in my heart, I need to make right with God. I wanna include you in that prayer. If you're sitting here tonight and and if I were to ask you the question, should you die right now, do you know where you would spend eternity? If you don't know the answer to that question, then I wanna include you in this prayer. At the count of three, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand. If you wanna give your life to Jesus, you wanna meet Jesus tonight, you wanna come back to God, you wanna fix your relationship with Him, you wanna know for sure where you're gonna spend eternity. At the count of three, raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand right now. Thank you. Thank you for those hands. Thank you. Thank you for those hands. Folks, I'm gonna ask you, thank you so much. I'm a, don't leave here tonight not knowing the answer to that question if you were to die. Do you know where you would spend eternity? You can still be included in the prayer, just raise your hand. There's no scripture in the Bible that says you have to raise your hand. That's not why we ask you, but it's you showing God. You're saying, God, here, here I am, take my life. If there's anyone else you can raise your hand right now, I'm gonna pray. And I'm gonna ask, thank you so much for those of you on, online and in the other venues as well. It's a simple prayer that we're gonna pray. And I'm gonna ask actually everybody to pray this prayer together with me. But for those of you that have raised your hands, just think about the words that you're saying, okay? And mean them, like try and just mean them from your heart. Let's say this together. Say, dear heavenly father, I come to you tonight. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your son, Jesus. You sent him to die in my place. Tonight, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Come into my life. I surrender my life to You. I thank You, Father, that You have forgiven me of all of my sin because of what Jesus did. And I believe that after He died, On the third day, He was risen from the dead. And I declare tonight that He is the Son of God. And right now, I have a brand new relationship with You. Thank You for being my Lord. Thank You for being my Saviour. In Jesus' Name, Amen.